0: Welcome to the plant centered and thriving podcast. My name is Ashley. And today I have a incredibly special guest with me. Her name is Kim. She is a former client of mine. And we talk today about her journey to intuitive eating. And y'all, this is such a beautiful story. Kim is incredibly transparent. She's vulnerable. She doesn't sugarcoat anything for you, which I really do appreciate. So before we get into that, Kim is a wife and a mom. She works as a medical lab assistant, and she also does portrait photography part-time. And y'all, her photos are stunning. She's incredibly talented. Her husband and her have been primarily plant-based since 2017. And like I said, she's here today to share her journey with you. Please join me in welcoming Kim to the show. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very excited to get into your journey. But before we do that, I would love for you to kind of paint us a picture on what life was like before getting into intuitive eating, what you were doing, what things you were kind of caught up in that you've been working really hard to heal through.
1: Oh, that's a big backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this this morning. I was really lucky... In the fact that I was grown like raised in a home that wasn't really heavy diet culture in the sense that my parents never commented on what I was eating, never restricted what I was eating. My mom had gone on some like diets and stuff, but for the most part, as a young child, there wasn't any any of that, which was really nice. And especially in comparison to other people that I talked to and how they were raised, it was more so I think around puberty when the world kind of started letting me know that my body was different and possibly wrong and going into middle school where people started commenting and making comments where I became more aware of my body and started kind of living to fit in I guess would be the right word to try and be like notice. fits in who doesn't fit in and without realizing it I was internalizing it but I never really let it affect me too much until when I was older and that's kind of like early 20s I'd say is when diet culture really started to affect my life in the sense that I started looking into diets watched things like the biggest loser anything that was Mm. mentioned weight loss and how someone lost weight I would gravitate towards and how can I lose weight and I haven't done every diet out there like a lot of people have, but I always kind of was health focused in my mind. So I always led towards the options with a meal plan. And I think my biggest diet culture experience was going to like a fitness resort in Utah where that was pretty much why everyone was there. It was partnered at the time with The Biggest Loser. And so people weren't really there for, I think, like in their mind's health, but more so weight loss. Sure. And- you get fed and you work out like four to six hours a day. You can go to lectures, you can do life coaching, you can. And so I did that. And that was probably like, if we're talking weight loss and talking success in the short term was the first time I really experienced any kind of results. Mm. And I learned quickly that the way that I receive results in my life is over exercising.
0: Mm,
1: Yeah. And it's so silly, but I used to bash myself all the time for not being good at dieting for not Having an eating disorder, I was yeah. like, oh, you're so weak. You can't even, you can't even do this. And it was, it's so silly when I look back on it. But I always worked on eating health, like healthier, clean, whatever yeah. you want, whatever <laughs> word you want to use. But I found in the years after that resort, it wasn't easy to maintain. I didn't have the time to work out for four to six hours a day. So two thousand. 2016, I reached out to a macro coach, Mm. thinking that that would be my guide to health and started counting macros. But she put me on quite a heavy protein macro, low carbs, heavy protein. I was seeing minimal progress, but I also was starting to feel worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And my stomach was hurting all the time. So I kind of was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. Right. And at the same time, my husband and I, or fiance at the time, started watching like some documentaries and I had probably in like ten had seen uh, Food Inc. And plant-based or vegetarianism had kind of been in my head from that point, but I lived in a very meat-centered family and and stuff as many North Americans can attest to. <laughs> yes. <this>. Um, <laughs> and so, but and then we watched one and I looked over to my fiance and I was like, I think we need to go plant-based or vegan. And he was like, yeah, you're probably right. As a lot of the plant-based world kind of presents it, is that you switch to plant-based and all your problems are solved. Mm-hmm. You yep. drop a ton of weight, you have all this vitality and energy, you're just, and I, like at first I felt definitely better. My stomach aches went away. I wasn't having any major health issues. So I was like okay it's working for that but I internally I was really disappointed that I didn't lose any weight mm. that I didn't notice any difference as far as my size goes and that's kind of like once I joined like social media and came across one of your videos I was, like, I was like this is the answer I was like <laughs> this woman is gonna give me a meal plan and she's going to <laughs> she's finally going to kickstart my, my weight loss journey. And so that's kind of like my history with what led me to you, mm-hmm.
0: which oh, I'm so, so grateful for Kim and I worked together for over a year and it was a oh, and it was an amazing experience. I think, cause you reached out to me in 2020.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't like, I was thinking about it the other day. It was a full year and a half. Cause I think we like our very first call was in October. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Our last call was two weeks ago. So,
0: <laughs> so wild. Oh my goodness. So yeah, Kim found me on TikTok and it was like, Oh, like the best ever since then. But Kim, you said something and I wrote it down that really stuck out to me is like, you were blaming yourself for not being able to stick with these diets. And that's what so many of us do. It's like, Oh, it's, it's, It's not the diet's fault. It's gotta be our fault. It's our it's our will willpower, our discipline. Like obviously we're not doing something right to be able to continue on this very, very restrictive diet. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting point.
1: Yeah, I hear it like, and now that I'm kind of on the what I consider the other side of diet culture, I see it like rampant everywhere. And everyone I talk to, everyone thinks it's their fault. Everyone thinks it's something wrong with them the world and the diet culture has taught us that we're doing it wrong and if we only did it like so and so we'd see results and my favorite quote from you like ages ago was if dieting worked we'd all be skinny and I had like there was a good section of time where I repeated that to myself like almost daily it's like you don't need to eat a specific way to look like to be a certain way If one of these, if any of these plans worked for everybody, we'd all be the same Mm -hmm. and they would, we wouldn't have 30 plus diets. We'd have one because it would be the one that worked for everybody. Right. Yes. A new fad diet wouldn't
0: be coming out every year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, what is interesting is that let's say you're searching for a doctor and they're like, okay, yeah, you needed maybe like a a stent put in or something in your heart. And the doctor's like, I have like a a 5% success rate. Like most of my patients die on the table or it doesn't work for them. And they have to have another heart attack and they have to come back 95% of the time. You wouldn't be going to this doctor. You'd be like running for the Hills, you know? And that's the same thing with diets. It's like diets work. Like hardly any percent of the time, and oftentimes it does more damage than not. I mean, they fail ninety-five plus percent of the time. So, twenty twenty, you're on TikTok, you reach out to this dietitian named Ashley, me, yeah. <laughs> and really, and I remember this, Kim. I remember, I remember, weight loss was part of your journey. I remember you telling me then, and even like reiterating it throughout our journey, that you were wanting like a meal plan or just to be told what to eat, you know that was it you'd be on your way but what happened instead
1: (laughs) a very emotional journey (laughs) (laughs) but in the end like in the the good side of emotional because I can't tell you the amount of times I cried about my body about a diet about everything above prior to even working with you in the sense of just again feeling like it was on me that I was wrong that I was couldn't figure out the equation and instead of giving me a meal plan, you started asking me questions, <laughs> kind of getting to the heart, like changing my mindset overall. As I like, guess what mm. I'd say, if I were to be like, "What do you think Ashley's goal was this whole time?" And I'd say, changing <laughs> <laughs> my mindset. <laughs> and so we kind of dove into like that of why I wanted those things, what it actually meant, what I was actually wanting, which. Mm the world again would have you and even like doctors are still confused in this part in the sense that in everyone's head weight loss equals health being skinny equals health and oh it's so far from the truth mm. so health was always my goal as much as I wanted to be in a smaller body as much as I wanted to lose weight and kind of fit societal norms I just wanted to feel good I wanted to feel like I was doing my body good I was wanting I wanted to fuel it correctly. In our heads, we all have this idea of what perfect, clean, healthy eating looks like. Yep. Caring about your health is so important and we should, but we've been led to think that it looks like a certain way when health is a variety of different things. Yeah. And there's so many different factors to it.
0: Yep. I remember talking about that. I remember talking about how you can't just look at someone and tell whether or not they're healthy or not. You, you cannot do that.
1: No, me and my friend and I were talking about this recently because I went to a concert last Friday. We went to the Magic Dragons concert and my goodness is that lead singer fit. He, his key move was high knees sprinting across the stage What? numerous times, like, and he did not lose his breath once. (laughs) Like, wow. And so it led to like I was talking to the kids and like on TikTok, you can also see that Lizzo practices her singing on the treadmill. Oh, and then my friend told me that a voice coach or someone kind of was talking about Lizzo and how like the fact that she can dance, sing, play the flute across the stage and maintain her performance. But majority of people, and if you go into Lizzo's comments on TikTok, most people are tearing her body down. Yeah. And well, I'm sorry, but she's more fit than me right now, even though she's in a larger body than me, she's plant-based also, she Mm -hmm. likes to eat and shares her food, but like, it's just like, it's just another example of we've got it wrong. Mm -hmm. We've got the picture of health wrong. And we're worrying about the wrong, like we're worrying about other people's choices and we're worrying about the wrong choices for ourselves. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really good point too, because when you, when we also started working together, it was like you were trying to kind of fit the norm of like what everyone else is telling you, you either should look like, or should eat or should be doing to like, you know, work out. And it was like, we, we worked hard. You worked hard on stripping all of that away and really trying and focusing on yourself and what it is that you wanted out of this life. What it is that you truly desired. Mm
1: -hmm. Especially like in today's world with social media, I mean, before it was mostly celebrities and stuff and still is, but we see these curated images and we see people talking about things and showing what I ate in a day. And so you get in this head of like, well, she eats that and looks like that. So I could, I should eat like that. And it's a hard message. And I like, and we've talked about it numerous times and that was a part of my journey too, was curating my, my social media. Mm-hmm. from like prior I don't even think I told you that prior it was a lot of fitness influencers CrossFit athletes like people who like for years have been doing this and I was comparing where I was at and how I was eating to these professional athletes yeah and it, it's kind of like a mixed message and some of them are honest and we're like I've been working at this for 10 years like this is me this is how little muscle I had before and this is where I'm at now or whatever and even but then there's also the stories that they didn't have a dramatic physical transformation, but their health and their physical abilities changed. But I was, yeah, like comparing my average self working full-time hours and stuff like that to someone who dedicates their life to fitness. Right. And so I had to go onto social media and be like, I cut out all the people who were showing what they were eating in a day, all the people that were only showing workouts, all the people that were just posing in the mirror in workout gear <laughs> mm-hmm. because it was giving my brain the wrong message of that. This is what fit and healthy and right looks like. And you don't meet any of it. Yeah.
0: We, and we talked about that multiple times throughout the year and a half was just going through your social media and removing or unfollowing or muting people who really aren't meant, aren't serving you in your journey, especially at that time.
1: If yeah, serving is a good word, it's it became a big thing of consume things that uplift Yes. and not Break me down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you were sort of tricked into working with me um, and changing your mindset, but what did you initially think of intuitive eating or kind of like starting that journey? You know, what, what were your thoughts around, around that?
1: I don't even know what intuitive eating was prior. I had never, I probably had heard the phrase without properly absorbing it. Since I had curated all my social media, another like an intuitive eater on TikTok as well that was sharing a list of books that they recommend. And intuitive eating was one of them. And just, I wanted to make sure I shared my top three books. Two of them I've lent out, so I can't show the cover. Okay. Intuitive eating is one of them. Um, health at every size, and then body respect. Mm, health yep. at every size is also by these same ladies here. And I started reading intuitive eating and my mind was blown to say the least. And then the other two books and they all three books very much continue to like confirm on top of each other. Like this is, this is it. They, all three books use science and research to back up their points. I'd say the biggest takeaway from the books for me and the intuitive eating was the health aspect. Mm like we just talked about I had in my mind or well, I wanted to be this perfectly perfect clean whole food plant-based eater because that would give me everything I wanted in life <laughs> and to hearing that I just needed to listen to my body mm-hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing about intuitive eating and because diet culture is so rampant. I had one point that someone said to me, well, there's rules, so it's a diet too. And I was like, no, (laughs) there's principles, there's like guidance, but there's no strict rules on what you're allowed to eat and what you're not allowed to eat. Yeah. the, the, The principles are basically to help you break down the diet culture that's been instilled in you. And so hearing that I didn't need to work out three hours a day and eat perfectly clean reiterated over and over again backed by science in these books it was a real like freeing moment and I still like I'm still so much on the journey but I'm so grateful these books are out there because even working with you I would have like would have probably taken even longer time working with you to kind of get to the point I am now that I'm not the wrong one So yeah, (laughs) intuitive eating made a huge, huge impact into like my mindset. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I have to brag on Kim too, because she not only has read those three books, but you have read a whole list of books. Every time we'd hop on the phone, it felt like every two weeks she was reading a different book. I mean, she's read way more books than I have on intuitive eating. And I, I mean, I, Kim, I still go to you for suggestions on like, okay, you know, a client, like, what book should I recommend for this client? Cause you've just read so many. And I think, like you said, that has made you all the more successful on this journey and in a journey that truly is never ending. I mean, we're going to constantly be evolving on this journey. And I like that you pointed that out. It's like, well, because we stopped working together, doesn't mean that you're, you're done on this journey. Like it's still work to be done and there's still healing that needs to be done as well. You know, like I said, this journey just doesn't stop abruptly after you read one book or after you stop working with a coach, the books that Kim listed will definitely put below if you want to check them out, but they can be very, very supplemental, whether you're working with someone or not, They can be really supplemental on your journey. And like Kim said, too, they sort of all feed off one another and it makes you realize that you are 100% not in the wrong, that it is diet culture, that it's all this S-H-I-T that you've been taught, whether it's in your home or whether it's not in your home, it's, it's there. And like Kim said, in middle school, that's when she started noticing that it was really starting to, she started noticing that maybe, maybe I am a little bit different, or maybe, you know, I, I should be doing this based on what I'm hearing or what I'm seeing, which is, um, I really appreciate you bring that up as well.
1: It's funny that you said the S-H-I-T because, I have, uh, like a Starbucks reusable cup that I put stickers all over. And one of my friends gave me a sticker that says diet culture is BS. I think it, I think it even says diet culture is effing BS. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, should I? This <laughs> guy? I was like, no, I was <laughs> nice and PG. <laughs>
0: sure. Yep. <laughs> so As you went on this journey too, Kim and for someone listening, because I know that there are a lot of people listening to this podcast who were in your situation, who are in your situation and are maybe thinking about trying intuitive eating or just are, are wanting to try something different. And I know that was the case for you. It's like, okay, well, you've done all these other things in your past, but how have they worked out for you? I know we talked a lot about that, about how, you know, you've tried different diets, you've tried working out for various ways are various lengths of time, but how has that actually served you in the long run? Because you said that you are successful in the short run with different things, but what about long-term? You know, what's the long-term goal here?
1: Yeah, long-term goal is to like, to feel good in my mind. In my yeah. mind, health, health is movement is, like your daily movement especially is easy and and joyful like you enjoy movement like and when I'm not talking about heavy workouts or anything like that I'm talking about enjoying bike rides going for walks hiking paddle boarding whichever the case may be and foods that are just like again nourishing your body and I think it was well you definitely had me go back to the one the joyful movement chapter mm-hmm. Intuitive eating, but I think like the, the gentle nutrition is also in the intuitive eating one of the principles. And it again we have in our minds that we need to eat XYZ. But I think the gentle nutrition and joyful movement chapters in those books are huge because it lets us know that we can go about our days, go about our lives without making this huge, big extra commitment that a lot of times we fall short on because we're like, when I get home from work, I'm gonna go for an hour workout and want to eat like perfectly through the weekend which a lot of people end up binging on the weekend because they eat perfect perfectly mm-hmm. during the week so the programs before obviously the movement was not a problem because I was working out like a maniac but I almost had a little realization as I was saying that but yeah the movement was easier and I did enjoy movement at the time but I kind of like that I didn't diet through through it so finding a balance between movement and just eating what your body wants i talk to a lot of people now about intuitive eating and health at every size and people are so 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 hesitant and so like uh, like uh, that sounds kind of fishy like <laughs> i don't know if that's a real thing and i've had you be like if i if i tried that i would be at mcdonald's one day have a frappuccino the next day Eating wings the third day, and I was like, "But that's not like in the beginning, intuitive eating does look like that. When yep. you give yourself unconditional permission to eat food, whatever pops into your head. You're like, I'm hungry. You're looking in the fridge, all you see is lettuce and carrots and lean meats because you, that's what you shop for. And you're like, I really want a burger. Intuitive eating is going and allowing to have yourself, allowing yourself to have that burger. And so in the beginning, you can feel a little bit out of control in the sense, especially if you've been wrapped around diet culture your whole life. Yeah. It feels wrong, it feels bad. You've been taught these moral words for adding morality to food. And so now the pile of high calorie food in front of you makes you feel guilty and shame. And, but if you continue intuitive eating, I think the biggest key is the listening to your body. Because I was the same in the beginning, I allowed myself. Like I was eating foods that I hadn't eaten in years because I told myself they were bad and wrong. But if you listen to your body, your body doesn't actually want those foods in excess. You feel gross. At least I did. But slowly I started to realize that my body wasn't loving it. Mm. And so yeah. with, true, with true intuitive eating, you use your intuition, you use the way your body feels to lead your choices. And so some days it looks like you have the leftover cinnamon bun for breakfast, but then by the time lunch comes, you're creating vegetables. And you know, you're in your fridge and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna go for a giant salad and then maybe for dinner it's the burger again. But instead of trying to allow your calories into these certain categories of fat, carbohydrates and, and protein, your body kind of does it for you naturally. And I always like the quote of like, in one moment it won't matter. It's what matters day in day out. And if you kind of flow through what your body's craving, it like oftentimes you end up being balanced just fine as far as a high nutrient food and less nutrient mm-hmm. food. Yep. Yeah. And I find myself veering like we kind of get stuck in a pattern or a family of eating the same kind of meals for a good period of time, and then my body goes no, (laughs) you need to switch it up now. (laughs) I think I'm tired of this. I need something different.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's true. And like you said too, it helps when you strip the morality away from food. So when you're not labeling food as good or bad or putting them into categories, like one is better than the other, then all these foods are like on a level playing field as well. And so it's like, oh, well, I'm actually not like really desiring maybe the, you know, the, the donut or this quote that, that what diet culture quotes as like a bad food because I, I could eat it if I want to, but because I'm not restricting it, I'm like, well, I'm not like intensely craving it when I was on a diet or when I was restricting it mm-hmm. um, and allowing yourself to have it when you want it. It's like, all right, it's just not that big of a deal anymore.
1: Yeah. The, those cravings definitely go way down when it's no longer an off limits food she's in the book and intuitive eating she talks about like diet culture police and people like talking about your food choices and stuff and I've kind of not about food choices but I feel like I've become the like intuitive eating police and since someone says like (laughs) bad or good with food I'm like no (laughs) I I catch my friends all the time I'm like unless you stole it from the store, it's not bad. <laughs> You're not allowed to feel guilt. You know, like yep. Like, there's no, like food can't make choices. It's not good or bad. It's not good or bad.
0: It's true. Yeah. Well, how has that been for you too, Kim? And this is kind of more off the cuff of like being more of an intuitive eater now. And maybe because we still live in a very diet culture heavy society, it might be kind of strange to be like, Well, Kim, but you had a a Cinnabon for breakfast and now you're eating a burger or now you're eating a salad. Like that doesn't really make sense to me. Like have you come across like any maybe comments or struggles that have been maybe challenging for you from other people?
1: I haven't had anybody comment on my food choices, which is nice. It's Mm -hmm. really nice to not have, um, if they're thinking them, they're not sharing them. But what I kind of do, feel and I I, my cousin kind of like helped me identify this that there is a little bit of like like I think everybody especially in today's world has some internalized fat phobia Mm. and like I said the world and doctors even think that being plus size being like overweight which isn't a term what weight are we over um (laughs) like being in a large body is unhealthy so then I'm out here preaching, like, you don't need to feel this way. You can eat what you want, like, listen to your body. And I think everyone's so used to a before and after. so they're like, oh, how long have you been doing this? And I like, well, you haven't really changed. And I was like, I wish I could show you the change.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Because it is all internal and seven. And so my cousin is the one that she's like, that's a little bit about like, your body, like body size, people want to hear a before and after they're looking for a success story and yep. what the world has portrayed as a success story. And if you say intuitive eating and you're still in a plus size body, people are afraid of being in a plus size body yeah. because it's not an easy thing to do, especially in today's world when they're the messages that fit in smaller and where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still just, I, then that's when I grab body respect or health at every size. And I start quoting the science on like, science actually shows that if you have a little extra weight on your body in your later years in life, you're healthier. Science shows that if you do these four lifestyle factors, even if you're 50 pounds heavier than your sister, and she's only doing one of those lifestyle factors, you're less likely to have a disease than she is. It's, that's when the science comes in when people are like a little sounds really skeptical about intuitive eating and I'm like but and then I try to focus on the freeing side of it that Mm. I overthought every single food choice that went into my mouth before yeah I had guilt and shame and eating was painful Mm. and intuitive eating fixed that for me yeah yeah
0: It's so beautiful. And like you said, people, they want to see the before and after they want to see the, the number or the, 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 you know, they want to actually see the change. But like you said, the change you've experienced, you can't, you can't see it. It's internal. I mean, like you said, your mindset has shifted. Your thoughts around food have shifted. Your thoughts about yourself have shifted.
1: It's so nice to not think those thoughts anymore. Yeah. Like people who are stuck in diet culture, as far as that, as, like for me and the people that I've seen in my life, man, does it suck the fun out of life? Yeah. You don't get to enjoy it fully. You're constantly thinking of your body. You're constantly thinking of your food choices. You're constantly thinking of what you should be doing better. And you're missing out on engaging with people at that party, engaging in activities, enjoying the concert fully, like enjoying the vacation fully.
0: Yeah. Somehow this just unlocked this freedom that you hadn't experienced in a really long time because you were just stuck in this cycle like so many people are of like you said not enjoying these things that truly truly matter yeah and that are really meaningful in life
1: yeah I still have like a ways to go as far as like body acceptance and stuff goes but like and I still feel like the I feel the heat of the world as far as that like again just Mm. existing in a plus size body but I can shake like those thoughts off easier than I could sh- shake off the like food guilt.
0: Yeah. And also too, Kim's going to keep it real for you. She's not going to sugarcoat anything with how she's talking. And I, cause I love what I love about Kim is that she's like, yeah, this, j- this journey isn't over. Like there's still more work to be done. There's still, I'm still working on myself, how I think about myself and even how I think about maybe food as well. Like this is, a journey. So Kim, if someone's sort of hesitant to look into intuitive eating or hesitant to try it, or maybe they've been stuck in this cycle of dieting, or maybe they, like you described, are going to someone's house and all they can think about is the food on the table. They can't maybe pay attention to their, their friend or someone's birthday party, because there's, there's cake around. What would you say to someone who is, is looking for something different or maybe doesn't know that they're looking for something different yet.
1: I think that a good place to start is kind of like where I got it, like social media. I think that like if you put intuitive eating and a hashtag and search it on Instagram, on TikTok, there's so many positive messages. There's on TikTok especially, well on Instagram, there's so many dietitians that want to share this message. And I think a lot of people have in their mind the same kind of thing that I had in my mind was that a dietitian means they're gonna give you a meal plan. They're gonna tell you how to eat, it's gonna be specific. And I think that's kind of the old view of dietitians because my experience with you and with social media is that majority of dietitians these days are leaning towards intuitive eating and health at every size. So search it up on like on social media. And there's lots of people who are sharing their experience, people in a variety of bodies. And also say, do what I did with social media, curate your social media, have a variety of people like body sizes, shapes, colors, like everybody, because we're supposed to all look so different. We're not supposed to all be one size fits all. And there's so many beautiful people sharing their stories of ditching diet culture. And so I think social media would be the first step, especially since we are such a tech world and everybody is on social media. And then those books that I suggested which Josh is going to link down below. They, they, they blew my mind and the, like the fixed mindset that I had about diet culture before. They unraveled all of that for me. And then, yeah. And then last I was find yourself a dietitian making a cool TikTok and reach out. <laughs> <laughs> like actually. <laughs> And we're going to start working with
0: them. Uh, That's great. And, (laughs) and we'll include um, some intuitive eating dietitians also below just for more people that you could follow on social media, because there are, and, and Kim, you're right. There are more dietitians going down the intuitive eating journey because they, first of all, the science you can't refute the science. Like it's definitely there. And also too, it is just so much more beneficial than, what dietitians used to do is just tell someone how to eat or what to eat or give them a meal plan. So you're, you're definitely accurate in saying that, which I'm, I'm glad you've noticed.
1: Yes, I yeah. My whole Instagram is pretty much just all intuitive eating dietitians. Yes. Great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good. Well, Kim, thank you so much for coming on here and being vulnerable and transparent and sharing your story with our listeners. I just cannot thank you enough. I appreciate you so much.
1: Thank you. You're very welcome. It was an honor.
0: Right. Y'all, if you want to learn more about Kim and the resources that she mentioned, definitely check out the show notes because we have lots of links down there for you. Thank you so much for being here today and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.